We heard it from the Orioles all offseason. Grayson Rodriguez was going to have all the chances to win an opening day rotation spot. But on Monday, the Orioles went in another direction, deciding to send him to AAA to start the season. I'll break down both sides of the argument for Grayson Rodriguez, plus talk about some other Orioles roster moves from Monday and how they impact the opening day roster coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are breaking down the Grayson Rodriguez decision from every angle. The Orioles deciding on Monday that Rodriguez would not make the opening day roster. He would not make his major league debut next week. And instead, he will start the season back down in AAA Norfolk. I'll talk about why it's Pretty clear service time manipulation, what the Orioles are going to try to tell you it is, how his spring had any impact on it, and when we could see Rodriguez in the big leagues finally this year. Plus, we'll talk about some other Orioles roster moves as the O's acquired another pitcher and made some pretty serious decisions on the roster where it is pretty much almost set for the 26 guys that will go to Boston on opening day. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Listen, we are two days away from opening day, and there is no better time than now to subscribe to the Locked On Orioles podcast wherever you listen, and also like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. We are the only place where you are getting five episodes a week covering just the Orioles at the major league level, and you don't want to miss it. Despite Monday's news, it should be a very exciting 2023 Orioles season, and I'll have it all covered for you right here on the Locked On Orioles podcast, and I thank you again for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. So let's jump into it here. Grayson Rodriguez. We had heard from Mike Elias a lot this offseason that Rodriguez was going to have every chance to make the opening day roster. He was used as a starter in kind of the rotation turn throughout the spring. I had talked about on this podcast and in all four of my opening day roster predictions, including yesterday, I had given Grayson Rodriguez that fifth and final rotation spot. I think everybody who covered the Orioles had a little bit of doubt in the back of their mind, and I did too. I talked about it on Monday's roster prediction episode. I said, hey, I think Rodriguez is getting this spot, but I did say I still think there's a chance of some service time manipulation and that Tyler Wells could get the spot and that Rodriguez could go to AAA. And that's what happened. Rodriguez going to AAA. Nice job by a friend of the show, Andy Casca, who covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Banner. He broke the news earlier on Monday that Rodriguez had been informed that he would be starting the season in AAA. It was later confirmed by the Orioles, and Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde talked about it after the Orioles' final spring training game on Monday against the Cardinals. And the quotes were what you would expect. Hyde talked about how it was such a tough conversation, but Rodriguez took it well and then kind of left the decision part of it to Mike Elias. Elias then spoke with the media on Monday, talked about how he wanted Rodriguez in the rotation, but he did not expect Rodriguez to struggle like he did in spring training. He felt he needed to work on his command a little bit more. He felt he struggled getting through four innings. Those were all the reasons Elias gave on Monday why the Orioles sent Rodriguez to AAA. And that's all fine. And those are surface level ways that you can justify this 
scenario and this decision. And I know a lot of Orioles fans out there fall in line with what Elias said on Monday. But if you're reading between the lines and you're watching Grayson Rodriguez and you know the prospect pedigree and you know how good he was last year in AAA and you know how good his stuff is and you know how good he can be, I think you realize this is just service time manipulation by the Orioles. Of course, Rodriguez, he should have been in the big leagues last year, rolling through the AAA season in April and May, seemed ready to go, had dominant numbers. Then in June, where it looked like he was just a couple starts away from getting to the big leagues, suffers that lat injury, it becomes more serious than we initially thought, and he basically misses the rest of the season. I mean, he did pitch a couple of rehab games right at the end of the year in September, but it was never enough to get him back to the big leagues, and he was done for the year. Well, he gets added to the 40-man roster this offseason. He gets healthy. He remains, you know, a top 10 prospect in baseball and the Orioles' number one pitching prospect throughout all this. Gets on the 40-man roster, gets to big league camp, is used as a starter. They're trying to build him up. Yeah, he had some struggles here and there and never pitched past four innings. I get that. All the other starters went five at least one time. I understand that. But it looked like he was going to be the guy. And we didn't expect Grayson Rodriguez to go five, six, seven innings early in the year. I talked about it a lot on this podcast. Rodriguez was going to be on some sort of innings limit. Now, Mike Elias has talked about how there's no real science behind innings limits, meaning pitchers stay healthier. And he said there wouldn't be a hard cap on Rodriguez, but he did say, you know, in so many words, he wouldn't be let loose to throw 180 plus innings this year. And I think we all understood that, that the number could be somewhere around 120, 130 with Rodriguez never throwing more than 105 innings in any professional season. I got that. So he wasn't going to go five, six innings. Getting through four innings in his first big league start, I think that would have been fine anyway. So he was pretty much fully built up to that point. The stuff looked really good. And I get the numbers weren't amazing. 15 and a third innings in spring training over five starts. He had a 7.04 ERA. It was 12 runs on 17 hits in 15 and a third innings. Struck out 19, walked seven, gave up three home runs. But here's the thing that I think the real divide comes in for a lot of Orioles fans who fall on different sides of the argument, whether the Orioles should or should not have sent Grayson Rodriguez back to AAA to start the season. Smart teams, and the Orioles are a smart team. They're a smart organization. Mike Elias and his staff, they are smart executives. That's why they took a team from 52 to 83 wins in one season. Smart teams really don't care about spring training stats. It's a small sample size, and it's not really real baseball. You know, you've only got the starters out there for four or five innings at a time. Then you're facing AAA and AA guys down the stretch. You have the starters still half-interested. Nobody cares about winning. You're just trying to get your work in and stay healthy throughout the spring. And again, for Rodriguez, yeah, it was five starts, but it was 15 and a third innings. For a regular Grayson Rodriguez, that's about two starts, maybe two starts and change. That's less than three starts of sample size. 15 and a third innings is not enough to make a decision on a guy that could impact his future. The Orioles are too smart to make the decision based off his spring numbers. Frankly, they didn't make this decision based off his spring numbers. That's the number one thing you need to know. Unless you have like two bench guys competing for a final roster spot or two bullpen guys competing for the final spot in the bullpen, then teams will take into account a bit the spring training stats to maybe break a tie on who's making the roster. But in any other scenario, they're more looking at how the stuff looks. 
how he's rolling off the mound, how the mechanics look. You know, is he getting flustered or is he staying confident on the mound? You know, how he's recovering after the starts. All of those things they're looking at way more than the stats. And I understand the stats weren't good, but the stuff was still good. The fastball was still 98. The changeup was still off the table. Elias talked about how maybe the breaking stuff wasn't there, and that's okay. It wasn't as good as the fastball and changeup this spring, but again, it's 15 and a third innings. That is not a sample size that the Orioles care about. They simply don't. And, you know, with Rodriguez going to AAA, Elias did say that Tyler Wells did win the number five spot in the rotation. So Wells will be the number five starter to start the year. He was really the only other choice at this point. But I got the argument a lot of, well, Tyler Wells earned it. Tyler Wells deserved the number five spot. And Elias kind of said that. Well, if you're going to look at spring training stats, yeah, I guess Wells were a little bit better. But if you're going to be that concerned about spring training stats, are you really going to take Tyler Wells, who had a good season last year but has been injury prone and still has not had a full season as a big league starter, who has a high floor but really doesn't have a super high ceiling, who still had a 5.74 ERA in 15 and two-thirds innings, essentially the same sample size as Rodriguez, is that sample where he gave up more hits, struck out less batters, and had a pretty similar ERA to Rodriguez? Did he really earn that spot if you're just going off of spring training stats? If you're going to throw Rodriguez's spring training stats in my face, I love Tyler Wells, but I'm going to throw his right back at you. And I'm going to throw Kyle Bradish's right back at you, who had a 6-6-1 ERA in spring training. They don't care about the spring training stats. And that is the number one reason why this is service time manipulation. Now, if you're wondering, what is that? Well, a player, if they are on the roster for 172 or more of the 187 days, not games, but days of the Major League Baseball season, they accrue a full year of service time. Now, when most players come to the big leagues, how Major League contracts work is you are controlled by your team for seven years. So if Rodriguez would have been on the opening day roster, he would have most likely accrued an entire season of service time this year, you would have to think. And at that point, and if they're on the injured list, it counts as well. So any of that time on the big league roster is counting. So Rodriguez would have had seven seasons starting now, would have run through 2029 as a Baltimore Oriole before you would think about extending him or him becoming a free agent. If they can stay down for essentially 16 days or more, they will accrue an extra year of service time. So if Rodriguez comes up in, say, late April, which is going to be around the time when that service time clock ends, he won't be a free agent until after 2030. Instead, it would have been after 2029. And that is service time manipulation. You have a guy in Rodriguez who is clearly one of your 13 best pitchers on a team that is trying to win games. It's worse than on a team that's trying to lose. But you're trying to win? Rodriguez is ceiling-wise, stuff-wise, pitcher-wise. How can you not agree that he's not one of the best five starters the Orioles have and certainly one of the best 13 pitchers they have? I mean, it's right there. And so when you're putting that player in AAA, when they've had plenty of success in the minor leagues, they are ready to go. Everybody agrees. 
you're manipulating the service time. And so the Orioles are going to call him up in late April, in early May, and all of a sudden he's going to have a whole nother year. And that's very anti-player. The reason why it's bad is because players should have the right to get to free agency when they deserve it. And a team should not have the right to keep you down for 15 days and then get you for an entire nother year. That's not how it should work. Maybe they could get you for an extra 15 days, but they shouldn't get you for a whole nother year. That's why it's an issue. And with the Orioles, you see why they're going to do it. John Angelos doesn't look like he's spending any money. Who knows if you're going to extend guys, so you might as well get another year out of that guy. But that's not how you operate a good business. Because look at his, what, what has happened to other guys who have had their service time manipulated. The three big cases recently of all-star level players. Carlos Correa with the Astros his first year. Chris Bryant with the Cubs his first year. And Corbin Burns with the Brewers. Carlos Correa left in free agency. Chris Bryant left in free agency after being traded at the deadline, but was not going to re-sign with the Cubs anyway. Corbin Burns, have you been following that story this year? He is not re-signing with the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, they've done some crazy arbitration stuff as well, but the service time didn't help. Those cases, it leaves a bad taste in the players' mouths. And generally, especially with the high-profile guys, which we think Grayson Rodriguez is going to be an all-star, they don't re-sign. So maybe that extra year is great, but you want Grayson Rodriguez for 15 years, not just seven years. And this is going to hurt that chance. And when you look at it as a whole, the Orioles are basically saying, we value a potential draft pick compensation or a potential extra year of service time over the person and the player, Grayson Rodriguez, and what he could give to our team right now, a team that is trying to make the playoffs, so they say. The Orioles have a very easy schedule to start the year. They play mostly teams that finished in the basement last year. They got like two series against the Tigers. They got the Nats. It's pretty easy. April is the only month on the Orioles schedule where they play with all the teams combined. The opponent's record from last year is under 500. It's the only month where that is. I can't think of a better time for a rookie in Grayson Rodriguez who, despite how good he could be, is going to have some bumps in the road in his rookie year. No better time than to get your feet wet in the big leagues than against the Rangers and the Nationals and the Tigers. Then maybe you work out some of the issues, and by May and June, when the schedule gets harder, you're ready to go. Wouldn't that make sense? Apparently not. They're going to take this year of service time. And, you know, you talk about the new rules in baseball that started last year, that tried to stop service time manipulation. The Orioles were caught up in one. Now, Adley Rutschman wasn't as big of a case because he was actually injured. That's why he didn't play until May. But Adley Rutschman, because he didn't play until May last year, crossed that service time threshold. So the Orioles got that extra year, or so they thought. But because of the new rules, when Adley finished second in AL Rookie of the Year voting last year, Rutschman got that year of service time back. He gained it back by playing well. But what the Orioles are doing here is saying, on the flip side of that rule, is that they tried to get teams to put players on the opening day roster, like the Orioles just didn't do with Grayson Rodriguez. So to try to do that, they said, hey, if you put a player on the opening day roster and he finishes in the top three in rookie of the year voting, 
you can get a draft pick compensation. But the Orioles looked at that and probably said, well, we'd love the draft pick, but we've got the AL Rookie of the Year headliner in Gunnar Henderson. He's probably going to get us a draft pick. And with the fact that we're going to limit Grayson Rodriguez's innings, he's probably not going to win the award anyway, because generally when you only pitch, you know, 120 or so innings, voters have that as a knock against you. And there's other really good rookies in the American League this year. And then when you look at it on the flip side, the Orioles say, well, wouldn't you be worried that, you know, you're gaming his service time to get that extra year. But if Rodriguez finishes top two in the rookie of the year, he'll get that year back just like Rutschman did. But the Orioles look at it and say, well, we think Gunnar Henderson's going to finish number one. So Grayson can only finish number two. And if we keep him down long enough, well, we can only limit him to like 100 innings. And nobody's going to vote a pitcher second who only throws 100 innings when there's guys who played the full season. So they're looking at it and saying, well, we'll get the draft pick from Gunnar. We'll get the extra year from Grayson. And we'll manipulate everything. That seems to be what is happening right now. And there's other arguments like, oh, you know, you'd rather save him now and so he doesn't have to get shut down in August. First of all, the Orioles were never going to shut him down in August. And guess what? When he goes to AAA, he's still throwing pitches and throwing innings. The same innings he would throw in the majors. The issue is he's wasting bullets. He's wasting pitches, wasting innings with a team that is not the Baltimore Orioles. That's more wasted innings on an arm. Pitchers' arms are fragile. You don't want to waste that many bullets on a team that isn't yours. And that's going to happen even more. And even without the harm to the relationship and everything this could do, and the harm to the team early in the season, trying to make it to the playoffs, you just look at this decision. And what it tells me is, the Orioles are more concerned with having Grayson Rodriguez in 2030 than they are having him right now with a good team, with a good young core that he could take over the top early in the season. And I get He'll probably be here in late April or early May. I wouldn't expect him any later than that unless he gets another injury. But they're making all these moves that don't seem to prioritize the now. And fans want the now prioritized. And the Orioles, they just aren't doing it with these moves. It makes the O's worse to start the season. Plain and simple. And I get the arguments. Oh, we had a bad spring. Oh, he needs to work on things. Blah, blah, blah. Bottom line, he's one of the O's best five starters. He's got a super high ceiling. He makes the team better in the rotation than Tyler Wells does. Full stop. And Wells can still pitch in the bullpen with Rodriguez in the rotation and help the O's. He makes the Orioles better in general. And to me, that just screams service time manipulation, which is a bad thing in the game. It's making baseball worse. And the Orioles are contributing to that problem. But with Grayson Rodriguez off the opening day roster, the O's had a spot to fill. And you figured, well, one of these pitchers competing for a spot would have an easier path. But instead, the Orioles got some outside help for their bullpen. We'll talk about who they added and why he probably will be on the opening day roster coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster 
and for free. You just go on LinkedIn, you add your job on the site, and then you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to let people know you're hiring. And they've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. LinkedIn just makes it so easy when I'm searching on there to find a job. And it's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn Jobs, it helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So with Grayson Rodriguez not being on the opening day roster, the Orioles had a spot to fill. And you figured, oh, you know, one of those guys like Mike Bauman or Andrew Politti or Joey Crable would have a better shot to make the roster. But instead, the Orioles made a move outside the organization. Now, as of recording here, about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday evening, the Orioles have not made this move official. But Dan Connolly of The Athletic did report on Monday afternoon that the Orioles had acquired veteran left-handed pitcher Danny Colomb from the Minnesota Twins. Now, we don't know what's going back to Minnesota. Most likely, it's probably going to be something like cash considerations for the Orioles to get a left-hander to add to the bullpen. Now, Danny Colomb, who is a veteran left-hander, 33 years old, who's been in the bigs for a bit. He made his MLB debut with the Dodgers in 2014. He's bounced around. He was a regular in the Oakland Athletics bullpen from 2016 to 2018, kind of a reliable left-handed reliever. Then he did take a step back for a couple years, but rejoined the Twins for a, a solid level in 2021 through 34 innings, had a 3.67 ERA, just 33 Ks, two seven walks was pretty good. And then he made the Twins bullpen out of spring training in 2022, was looking like a real impact player. He threw 12 and a third innings in his first 10 appearances last year, had a 1-4-6 ERA. Now he did walk nine batters, but he struck out nine and only allowed seven hits. And the stuff looked good, but he kept feeling this hip pain. As he kept pitching, he went on the injured list, he tried to come back, and it turns out he had a more serious hip issue. So he went on the 60-day injured list, they tried to figure out what was wrong, and finally, Coulomb got surgery last July. He got left hip labrum surgery in July, which kept him out for the remainder of the 2022 season. Now, he did re-sign with the Twins on a minor league deal, came back to camp, was healthy, was pitching pretty well in camp, and nobody considered him a lock for the Twins bullpen, but I think a lot of people who cover the Twins thought he was probably going to get maybe the final spot in the Twins bullpen or one of the final spots as a left-hander, but it turns out he may have been the final cut from the Minnesota Twins bullpen. So instead of just releasing him, they looked for a trade partner, and apparently, reportedly by Dan Connolly, they found one in the Orioles. Now again, you could know the return by the time you listen to this on Tuesday, but most likely I'm thinking probably just cash considerations. Now the thing with Coulomb is he doesn't have any minor league options yet. So if the Orioles complete this trade, they're going to have to put him on the 40-man roster, and they're going to have to put him on the opening day roster. Now, if they wanted to, they could immediately DFA him and try and pass him through waivers and keep him in the minors. Remember, it's what they did with guys like Ryan O'Hearn and guys like Lewin Diaz and guys like Darwins and Hernandez this offseason where they traded for them for cash and then immediately DFA'd them and kept them in the organization. That could certainly happen. But the fact that Cologne was about to make a Twins bullpen for a team that's competing for the playoffs this year means he could certainly help the Orioles. 
And especially with the O's fielding some injuries now, as we learned Monday, it looks like Michael Givens will start the year on the injured list. And again, we know Dylan Tate will start the year on the injured list. And then with Rodriguez going to AAA, Tyler Wells moving into the rotation, there's another open spot that previously was closed in the bullpen. So the O's had some spots open and they looked for some outside help. Now, if he does make the team, he is healthy now and was pitching in spring training. And his big change he made over the offseason, he said he changed his slider grip. He added more movement to that slider. I'm not sure if it's quite a sweeper, but it does move a little bit more. He throws a 91-mile-per-hour four-seamer and a sinker. He has that slider. That's his go-to pitch. The slider last year was ridiculous. Throws it at 83. It had a 49% whiff rate last year and a small sample size. For comparison, Felix Bautista, that splitter, one of the best pitches in baseball, had a 53% whiff rate. 49 is pretty dang good. Also throws a changeup and a curveball from the left side. But the O's definitely, I would think, like that fastball slider combination. And we'll see if he does get to the big leagues. But again, you would think with them making this move with the injuries and with no minor league options, he's probably going to make the opening day bullpen. But you never know. They could just try and DFA him and keep him in the organization. But that's where we go to last as we're going to finish up the podcast here with the Rodriguez move and with them acquiring the left-handed pitcher, Danny Coulomb, and all these other moves that we'll get to that they made on Monday when it comes to the spring training roster. We've got a fairly clear picture, not a full picture, but a fairly clear picture of who is going to Boston on Thursday. So when I come back, we'll talk about what the roster looks like now, just two days away from opening day. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. And the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. Now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the Peanut Butter Brownie Bar. It is the best one. But you can vote for your favorite as well. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. And not only that, but one Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. And if you haven't tried Built Bar yet, well, now is the time so you can pick your favorite and go vote. These bars are still good for you, 17 grams of protein in every bar, but they're also delicious. Covered in 100% real chocolate, it's the only protein bar out there that literally does taste like a candy bar. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. So the Orioles, they got pretty busy on Monday. They played their final spring training game on Monday afternoon against the Cardinals. It was the final of the three that were actually broadcasted by Masson this spring. And now that's it. They are off Tuesday and Wednesday, and then opening day Thursday at 2 o'clock in Boston against the Red Sox. And I did my final opening day roster prediction on Monday's episode. Make sure to go back and check that one out. Of course, it's already wrong because I put Rodriguez on the roster and he will now be starting the year in AAA. But we got a lot of other moves on Monday that started to clear up the roster picture. So let's run down what the Orioles did. Let's start with the players they assigned to the minor leagues. Guys who are going down to minor league camp or basically going down to AAA essentially and will not be 
on the opening day roster. Pitchers Edward Bizzardo and Reed Garrett, two non-roster invitees, right-handers on minor league deals. A couple of them pitched pretty well this spring, but just didn't have a shot to get to the roster. Maverick Hanley was nice as a backup catcher. We'll see if he can get to the big leagues at any point, but he may be in AAA this year. And then the other hitters, Josh Lester goes down after a strong spring. Daz Cameron, who was playing well in center field, we thought he could maybe take Ryan McKenna's spot, but he will not. Ryan O'Hearn, who again was playing well, but just didn't feel like the spots were opening up. And then Jordan Westberg, who surprisingly stayed around in big league camp until the final spring training game. Westberg does go down to AAA as well. Mike Elias said he kept Westberg up so long just in case there was an infielder injury, I think especially when Ramona Rios missed a couple of days with that thumb injury. That's why Westberg was still there. But Elias did say could be sooner rather than later that we see Westberg in the big leagues. But again, as we learned on Monday, Elias has lied to us a lot in the past couple of years. So those guys will go to AAA. And then the Orioles did release two players from their spring training roster, Nomar Mazzara and Franchi Cordero, the two power-hitting left-handed hitters who the O's both signed to minor league deals this offseason were competing for that left-handed bench bat spot. Well, both of them were released on Monday. And while Mazzara was not good in spring training, Franchi Cordero did hit almost 500. And again, it's a small sample size. You don't want to take too much from it. But Elias did say Monday that he is working to re-sign Cordero to a kind of a, a differently structured minor league deal, mostly probably to try and get him to North Hook, keep him in the org and, and hope they can call him up at some point this year if they need him. But the question it does answer is the Orioles decided not to keep any of those kind of left-handed hitting backup first base types. It was a storyline all of spring. They just didn't keep any of them. They're going to roll with Ryan McKenna, Taryn Vavra, and Kyle Stowers on the bench, among others, and you know roll with the Vavra-Santander combination backing up at first base. Now, we thought James McCann would be another one of those options to back up at first base. He's done it before, but it looks like, as Brandon Hyde said on Monday, James McCann is going to start the year on the injured list. That is not certain yet, but Anthony Bemboom was the only other position player who was not optioned to minor league camp. He is a catcher. McCann is injured, and Hyde said he's probably going to be on the injured list. He had some pain in his side last week, hasn't played in about a week. And, of course, he did have a serious left oblique issue last year where he missed significant time with the Mets. So if he's on the injured list, I talked about this on Monday's roster prediction episode. It looks like Anthony Bemboom is most likely going to start the year as Adley Rutschman's backup behind the dish. Bemboom will play once a week. He brings good defense. A little bit of pop from the left side, but doesn't really swing it well. Hopefully McCann can get right pretty quickly and rejoin the team. And the other injured list guy is Michael Givens. This is one that we pretty much saw coming. He was dealing with a knee injury. He tried to throw a bullpen on Sunday and just came off the mound in disgust, was clearly injured. Looks like he'll start the year on the injured list as well. We don't know how severe either of these injuries are, but we know they'll miss at least the first couple of weeks. So Givens is out. And then another one which was a little surprising is Andrew Politti. The Orioles' Rule 5 pick, the right-handed pitcher from the Boston Red Sox, who looked like he was right on the bubble to make the Orioles roster. Well, he has been DFA. The Orioles will send him on waivers. He will either get claimed by another team, or if he's not claimed, he will be sent back to the Red Sox, uh, of course, under the Rule 5 draft rules. So Politti did not do enough to win himself a spot. So with Politti and Givens no longer in the bullpen, and Tyler Wells now moved into the rotation with Rodriguez there. Here's how the roster shapes out. Ben Boom will replace McCann to start the year as the backup catcher. Tyler Wells moves to the number five starter behind what should be Kyle Gibson, D. 
Dean Kramer, Cole Irvin, and Kyle Bradish. The bench looks to be set at this point, although Mike Elias did say they're still going to monitor trades in the waiver wire, but it looks like it's set at this point with Taron Vavra making the team, Ryan McKenna making the team, Kyle Stowers on the team. And then in the eight bullpen spots, you have four locks at this point. Looks like Felix Bautista will be ready, along with CNL Perez, Brian Baker, and Austin Voth. And then you have five pitchers, basically, left in big league camp for the remaining four spots. Again, as I record here, about 6.30 on Monday. You've got Mike Bauman, Joey Crable, Keegan Aiken, Danny Kaloum, who was just acquired, and Logan Gillespie is still in there. Five guys for four spots. Now, the fact that all those guys have minor league options except for Kaloum makes me think he'll make the roster. I think Bauman's done enough this spring, especially with the Orioles adding him or, or making him a reliever to make the roster. And although Aiken and Colom would give the Orioles three lefties in the bullpen along with CNL Perez, I think Aiken will make it, which I think brings it down to Joey Crable and Logan Gillespie. And the fact that Crable has been better this spring with the seven straight scoreless appearances and the fact that he just spent way more time in the Orioles bullpen last year than Gillespie did, I think I would give the final spot right now to Joey Crable in the bullpen. So that's kind of how I feel like it looks heading into opening day at this point. But things could still change. And we're still waiting on official IL designations for McCann and Gibbons. In terms of the 40-man roster, Ben Boom is not on it, but he'll get a spot when John Means goes on the 60-day injured list. And Danny Kaloum will get a spot when Seth Johnson goes on the 60-day injured list. So you don't have to worry about the Orioles DFAing anyone else to make room for those guys. But other than that, we will keep looking because the O's are going to keep looking on the waiver wire and we will find out who they pick for those final bullpen spots. And when we do, I'll have it for you coming up on tomorrow's episode. Now, tomorrow's episode could be out a little bit later than usual, but that would be if I am waiting for a final roster to come out. Once that roster comes out, you will get that episode breaking down the Orioles opening day roster coming up on tomorrow's pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.